Welcome to Community Sense, where Carly and Mark talk with the world's best community leaders to get inspired and to learn the strategies for building a thriving community. Hey, Carly. Hi, Mark. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm feeling pretty excited that I am dressed in orange to match our guest today. How appropriate. Yes, it's very appropriate, and I definitely planned it. Not really, but it was a a happy, happy mistake. (laughs) So excited to have Christina Garnett on the podcast today, folks. Senior Marketing Manager over at HubSpot. She focuses on community building and really is a advocacy strategist using audience intelligence and social listening to learn more about the audiences and really determining their needs and the behaviors that they're exhibiting to help continue to grow and expand the massive community of HubSpot fans, customers, partners. You can keep going on and on, Carly. It's huge. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk with her. I'm coming from, I've never managed a community of millions of people. So I can only imagine the insight she's going to have. I think it's what HubSpot does is definitely community goals for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm quite honored that we're able to learn from her today. Before we do that, we're going to always start with our common sense segments. We do this before we get into the conversation with our guest today. It's Christina. You know, Carly and I will spend a few minutes talking about something that we found to be pretty important from the conversation and give our common sense take on that insightful thing that came out of that conversation. So let's share our common sense today, Carly. Where do you want to start? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll just start first things first, right? HubSpot, it's clear that they are incredibly customer centric, right? And that every decision they make as a company can be made because they have that customer-centric mentality. And I think in learning about how they focus on bringing value to their community, one thing that Christina talked about was this idea of selflessness and how that plays into what they do and how they decide to do it. But that got me thinking, you know, for folks who don't have a community of millions of people, How can you advocate to your internal team and to your board on investing financially, investing through your time to put in the energy that it takes and the nurturing that it takes to really build a community? It's a really great point and question. To me, like the most important thing that you need to do to make your community a long-term success is have, to your point, a intrinsic value within the business that is around this customer obsession, customer centricity. At Drift, we say, put the customer at the center of everything you do. That's one of our values. So it's like, it has to be there. I know Pavilion has has a similar value, HubSpot does. So that's like number one. And then to your point, how do you actually make the case? I mean, HubSpot has been doing it for 15 plus years. So at this point, it's pretty self-evident. It works and it's very important. To me, this is a very tactical thing, Carly, but when you're starting to build your community, you actually want to try to capture people's business email addresses or capture their business email plus their personal email. That's like the best case scenario because as people switch jobs, you can then continue 
to stay yeah. connected to them because you have their personal email address. So that's just kind of one pro tip. But the reason you want to capture their business email is so you can understand out of the people that join your community, however you define it initially and however it grows over time, you can really understand the quality. The quality is a stronger, maybe not the right word, Carly, but the, the types of people that join the community and how they map into your ideal customer profile, if you will. Like, are basically, are they going to be a member of the community now or maybe later that could see some value from what you offer from the product standpoint? So like, is there a match with your solution and product to the member? And you can do that by getting their business email address because you can use enrichment tools to kind of understand, again, that account fit. But you can also just use that as a way to continue to then, and you love this this word, nurture that person to understand more about like who they are and what's motivating them. So that's tactical, but like to me, you have to have some way, to your point, show the validity in your efforts, especially in the first six months or 12 months of trying to grow your community team or your community strategy. Yeah, it's such a great point. And I think I really like that idea of like, when you're building a community, you're building it to support someone over their entire professional journey, right? It's not just, I'm here to support them while they're at this company because they're my ICP and that's my job. It's like, no, this is bigger than that, right? We're here to support this person as they grow from, you know, individual contributor to manager, to director, to VP. And like the value we've added throughout that whole journey will resonate with them. And and that the relationship that they'll have with our brand will only become stronger as we continue to stick with them. So really great suggestion on getting both of those emails and being able to measure off of that. And the one other thing I would add is something we heard from Chris Anderson, which is this idea of before you even ask for the investment from your leadership team and you're thinking about doing community, a great first step is to go to some of your most engaged customers and ask them, what can we do for you outside of product improvements? Like what could we do to add value to you as the professional at your company or as the professional period? And to get that feedback from them directly from your person you want in your community and who you want to serve and to hear from them how you can add that value and take that and turn that into your roadmap and bring that to your leadership team to say, we talk to X, Y, and Z customers who are our most engaged customers right in our ICP. And this is what they want from us. They're asking for this. So while, yeah, maybe we can't measure the impact right away, but if we're a customer centric and that's that, that's a value, a core value of ours, imagine what would happen if we went and served them and brought even more to them that they're asking for that we don't currently deliver on. Love that. Really get the voice of the customer, even if it's in a small way, to help you jumpstart the community building efforts. Yes. Let's now turn it over to Christina and hear this extremely insightful conversation we had with her all about growing and building your community. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for joining us today. We're Mm -hmm. so excited to have you on Community Sense and to learn about all things community and from your perspective and also from what you've done at HubSpot. So I feel like we'll probably be pretty hard-pressed to find someone who's listening to this who doesn't know who HubSpot is, but 
I think it, we do like to start to kind of level set to learn more about the business you work for and, and ultimately, you know, the community you're serving. So if you could tell us a little bit about HubSpot and mm-hmm. why it exists, who you're serving and, and ultimately what you're selling, that would be great. Absolutely. So HubSpot is a SaaS product. It's the number one CRM for scaling organizations. And in the past, it's been known more for marketing, but as you see, you're going to be able to use HubSpot for all of your needs, sales, service. We have operations hub. So if you want to really go into that, that RevOps space and be able to connect a lot of your processes together, in addition to marketing, we're also known for the inbound conference that we do annually. And it's a really great opportunity to learn from some of the best thought leaders um, in the space across industries and across sectors. We are lucky enough to work with a wide range of industries from all sorts of, from our startup products. Um, We have a fantastic startup team all the way up to nonprofits, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. And I'm lucky enough to work on the customer partner marketing team, but I also work really closely with the community team. And the community team is made up of our partners. It's made up of our customers. It's made up of people who who've been using one of our free products and wants to learn a little bit more and and figure out what's available for them. What I've been really lucky to be able to do at HubSpot is I work in advocacy and I specifically launched HubFans, which is an advocate program to highlight, identify, and celebrate our biggest fans. And those fans range from all around the world, different price points, different industries, customer and partner. And my job is I get to be a fan of the fans. I get to make sure that they feel heard, they feel seen, they get special opportunities. Some of the opportunities we had was at Inbound, I created a correspondent program so that we had customers and fans and and partners be able to attend and really be able to give you that bird's eye view of going to Inbound. I found in the past, and I've been to quite a few Inbounds, that we know what Inbound looks like from HubSpot, from HubSpotters, from partners and, and from companies but we haven't really seen it from the fan lens. And that's what I really wanted to be able to give. And then we also did an after hour show with George B. Thomas, which was because we've had the past two years have been virtual. It was a really great opportunity to create what we would be doing if we were in Boston for Inbound is afterwards, we'd all like group together and we chit chat. Like, what was your favorite? Mm -hmm. What did you love? And so that created a really informal, casual opportunity for us to to kind of deep dive and talk about what lessons we learned, what takeaways, what we couldn't wait to share with our team the next day. And so I get to work on the inside with my team, but then I also get to work on the outside and get to talk to a lot of the biggest fans that HubSpot has. And it's, it's been really fantastic. That's incredible. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> everything you just said. Let's start at the very top though, because I'm yeah. actually super interested to, to yeah. know how you define this and how HubSpot defines this next question, which is, Exactly that. How do you at HubSpot define community for the business? Yeah. Community's always kind of been this undercurrent at HubSpot. It's definitely not a new thing. It's just something that we are paying particular attention to, to make sure that we're really, really driving value. I find that community is so intrinsically inbound. You're thinking about how can they get value? What are their needs? And you're doing that with the presumption that you'll get absolutely nothing in return. A lot of people go into community thinking, here's what I want this community to do for me. And HubSpot doesn't have that perspective. It's just in line with inbound marketing. It's the same kind of ideology. Who is this for? What do they need? How can we make it as easy as possible for them? And what do we need to provide so that there'll be a reason for them to continue to come and connect 
and learn and all of those things. So you'll find opportunities to connect with others. We have multiple groups. We have Justin Champion has launched study groups, which is really a bridge from academy to community. So you're taking these courses and you want to learn more and you want to connect with other people, let's say, that are taking the content marketing course. You're able to go into that study group and now you can ask questions. And now that certification now kind of comes to life. And now you have your own kind of cohort of people in that study group to talk to. And so community for HubSpot is just is a really holistic extension of everything that we do naturally. Love that answer. That's so cool. Intrinsically inbound. That's what stood Mm -hmm. out. That's what you said in the beginning. So smart in terms of how you're also starting to really think through how to take the overall community, like you said, of, of fans, prospects, free users, customers, customers that have been around using HubSpot for a long, long time, HubSpot's 15 mm-hmm. plus years old now, mm-hmm. and now making kind of mini communities or mini mm-hmm. groups, I should say, within the community. That's interesting. Yeah, we have we have these micro communities where you're able to really go into those niche, those niche needs. We're providing events, we're providing opportunities, we're doing AMAs, and really giving them a seat at the table. A really great example is HubSpot Academy is going to be doing a talk next week. And this week, up until that, they're taking questions in AMA style in the community. So the questions are going to come specifically from our community, and then they'll be have a chance to have those asked during the live event next week. So really having them become a more key role and feeling like they're a part of it. They're not just a customer. They're not just a partner. They are a part of our ecosystem. Yeah. One thing related to that, that I I thought was really interesting was how you mentioned the study groups that you are implementing from your academy. And that's something we actually do at Pavilion, which is this idea of cohort-based learning, right? Mm -hmm. You have a community. I mean, I can only imagine how many, probably hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are part of the HubSpot community but how do you provide value and and help them connect with one another in a really real, valuable, organic way? And that cohort-based learning or, Mm -hmm. you know, to Mark's point, like creating those micro communities feels like such a smart way to add value and provide connections in a way that's really organic. So yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. So in thinking about kind of to my point, right, HubSpot, the community is massive. I like, I'm just like racking my brain, even trying to think of how you manage this community Mm -hmm. and all of the roles and functionalities and collaboration that must go into being able to do that. So, you know, Mark mentioned earlier, our theme for this season is community is collaborative, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would love to hear about what the community team or all of the teams that serve the community at HubSpot, what that looks like, but would also love to then dive into who else do you work with outside of you know the teams that have a direct influence or work directly with the community initiative? And how do those people influence the work that you're doing with, with that community of customers and partners? And yeah, so would love to explore that because I'm just, I'm at the edge of my seat. Because so interesting. <laughs> no, absolutely. So because it's community and because of what we're doing, there really can't be silos. You can tell when there's a silo for community because there's always this abrupt lack. Whenever you go into a community and you see things that are missing that just make too much sense, like you're almost shocked that it's not there. Usually that's a really clear red flag of a silo because if that silo wasn't there, you would have that communication for internally for people to decide this should be here. We should do this. The thing that's really great about HubSpot 
and the community team and my customer partner marketing team is I org chart wise, I sit in customer partner marketing, but I work with the community team because my real estate, my, my groups, my link to the gamification, the gamification experience all kind of lives in the community landscape. I always joke, I always joke that I have like a little cottage in the backyard of the community and that's where I live. But we all have this customer first perspective. And so with that being our North star, the community aligns with that. And so when we think about community and when I think about advocacy, it bleeds into everything. So for example, when we had Gartner put us in the magic quadrant, that's not something that's just going to live on a social or a press release. That's something that our community members need to know about because like, what is the impact of this? And what does this mean for HubSpot users? And what does this mean for the product team? So we work together and Jenny and I discuss like, what would this look like? Do we do an AMA in the community? So now the community can ask project managers about the marketing hub. Like now that we have this, what does this mean for you? Are you surprised by this? What are your favorite parts of the marketing hub? What features do you wish that you had? And so I find that the community is a really great conduit for other departments who may not be one-to-one with customers or one-to-one with partners, but it gives them an opportunity to communicate in a really intimate way. And so we also do this with advocacy in the HubFans program because everything touches a customer. It may not touch one-to-one, but it touches the customer in some capacity. They're using the product or there's a new feature or there's feedback that they have. But for whatever reason, there is a connection point somewhere and the customer feels that. So for advocacy and community, it really does need to bleed into all these other departments. So I work cross-departmentally with multiple teams to figure out how can I help you? That's usually like they'll either set up a meeting with me or I'll set up a meeting with, with them. And that's literally what the first like two minutes is. Here's what I do. How can you use me? How can you, how can I help you? And it could be, Hey, I want a gamified challenge so that people will share something on social or I want someone to respond to this post in the community, or I want people to read a blog and learn about such and such. So there's a lot of opportunities for us to be able to work with them to make sure that we're all doing well, because if they succeed and I'm able to help them, that's just further success for me too. I think there's this really great collaborative spirit at HubSpot that as long as we're taking care of the customer, we're all winning. Yeah, using community as a force multiplier, Mm -hmm. create Mm -hmm. more positive business outcomes, but Mm -hmm. also more positive outcomes for the community members at the same time. It greases the flywheel. There you go. Love that. Inbound flywheel. And then the other thing that I picked up on, which maybe we start to get into the next like talking point around metrics. Mm -hmm. That's always a hot debate when you say... (laughs) word community and say, well, okay, community. Well, what, what does that mean? Number one, which we've talked about, but then it's like, how do you measure the community? Before we do that, the bridge to me in some ways is you described almost like the community is one really big piece of the voice of the customer program, Mm -hmm. the voice of the community. And and Mm -hmm. those teams can use the community as like a point of leverage or force multiplier, but you then can also use it as a direct way to really like understand how someone will or is going to react or feel about something that HubSpot does. Yes. It's a really great opportunity for us to have knowledge of the customers and partners, but also to know that 
we want to hear it. Good, bad, ugly. We want to know what you're saying and what your questions are. I think the ideas forum is a really great extension of that because if HubSpot thought it was perfect and it had no real growth opportunities, there'd be no reason for an ideas forum because it would have had everything. There'd be nothing to suggest. So by having the ideas forum, it's really a treasure trove of like literally direct suggestions, direct feedback to say like, I love this product, but I need it to do this. Or what about this? And the thing is, is that no one can think of, no, not one singular person can think of absolutely every, like all the infinite feature opportunities and possibilities. And it's a really great way to make sure that we always have that voice of the customer. Like you said, the voice of the customer is what's running through the community. Every post that isn't written by a HubSpot or that's written by someone that's a customer partner, that's the voice of the customer. What can we do with that? And so it's a really powerful opportunity to continue to grow the community and continue to utilize it to make sure that we're really serving our customers the way that we should. So how do you measure all those voices? How do you measure all that engagement? Like what do you maybe care about versus other teams care about? Because it's very clear, I think, to all of us listening Mm -hmm. that HubSpot doesn't think of the community as just like a customer type thing or Mm -hmm. an advocacy, you know, a customer advocate type thing. It's, It's like the holistic Mm -hmm. HubSpot community of everyone participating Mm -hmm. globally. So Mm -hmm. how does measurement actually happen? So there's there's different measurement depending on kind of what your goals are. So most communities are going to have, I think you're going to see very similar KPIs across communities. So you're going to have engagement, you're going to have number of members, number of new members, member of returning, you're going to have how many people are in these individual groups, how often are they talking, When it comes to people asking questions from a support capacity, you need to think about how many times are they being helped by us versus other users and really kind of figuring out where's the traffic coming from, where are people getting the most value? And so the metrics are good. Metrics are good. They just can't be your North Star. I really believe if you like from a community perspective, you should have the metrics, you should have your goals. But you should think about what needs to happen to the customers and the and the members of the community in order for that to happen. So if you're thinking about like, all right, if our number one metric is we want so many people in this community, that's great. But you need to think about well, what needs to be in the community for them to want that? What's going to drive them there? All right, we have value. Great. Love that word. Completely overused. But what does that value mean? Because value to you and value to me might be totally different things because we're different people and different jobs. And so really identifying and taking care of your people. If you take care of the members, the numbers come. If all you're doing is chasing numbers, you're not going to take care of the members the way that you should, because you're going to do those like those marketing hacks that everyone talks about. You're going to look for band-aids. All right. I want this goal. I want to hit this KPI. I want this specific number by this specific time. And if all you're doing that, what you're going to do is you're going to look for what are these little tactics I can do to do that? When the tactic is take care of them, if they're not returning, why are they not returning? Is it because you took care of their need and they never had another question? Or did they go in the community and it was too much and they got lost and they got overwhelmed? Was some Did they ask a question and someone was mean to them or they got ignored and they're like, great, well, I know I'm not going to come here. The thing is that HubSpot has a lot of external communities. There's a lot of partners who have communities. There's a lot of non-owned communities that HubSpot, that HubSpot customers and partners are in. And then they're also in our community. So we know that they want to congregate. We, we know that they want to connect and they want to solve problems together and they want to help. So that's not the problem. 
and just like other businesses, if you see that you want to build a community and you see that other people have built a community and it matches the kind of people you want, then the community can be built. It's just, what do they need? What's the recipe? And so, like I said, KPIs KPIs and metrics are important, but that can't be what drives you. Like, I don't go in every day thinking like, all right, this is my number. This is the number I need to hit. I think, how can I make them feel special? Like, that is the question I ask myself every single day. When I'm going to do an event or I'm going to figure out like what programs I want to do for future events, I'm always thinking, will this make them feel special? If it doesn't, then it's not enough. And I need to think of something else. That drives my goals. And that way I know that I'm going to, if I take care of them and my metrics are tied to the behaviors that people that are happy and satisfied and appreciated would do, then my metrics will be met. Yeah, that's, I had in my notes, customer first equals North Star. And as long as we're taking care of our customers, we've all won. And I think that is really the essence of of what you just said is like, sure, metrics matter. They're these leading indicators, you know, we should be looking at them. But at the end of the day, our goal is to help our customers. And if we've helped them, we've won, but more importantly, they've won, right? And Mm -hmm. and we've done our job there. And I love too, what you said about what can I do every day waking up, how refreshing to be able to sit down at your computer and not instantly pull up a dashboard, but to be able to reflect and say, what can I do today to make my customers or our raving fans feel special, right? That is just such a powerful thing and such a motivating thing to be able to to go and you know bring to the world and bring mm-hmm. to HubSpot. That's just so unique and I think really refreshing. I'm assuming yeah. the member then is the North Star or is it something or someone different? It's the member. And that member can then be in subgroups of customer, partner, hub fan. One of the, before we dive into our last question, one of the things you had mentioned that I thought was really interesting, and and I'd be curious how this ties into success, Mm -hmm. is this idea of gamification Mm -hmm. within your community. I think that's something I know we've started to talk about within Pavilion. I think it's something a lot of of communities are either actively exploring or thinking about. So I'd be curious how HubSpot thinks about gamification and the impact that has on your community and, and on delighting your community members. Absolutely. So the thing is that gamification is a it's probably the best way to describe it is it's a dopamine trigger. You get a new challenge, I get new points, I get something new. So there's always going to be something new that's hitting that experience for you. And you could be sharing something different, you could be joining a group, you could be answering a question, you could be RSVPing for an event. So that newness the ability to also collect points and badges and that dopamine hit of like, all right, I did this. I got these extra points is great. When we launched the hub fans group, I wanted to make sure that it was a gamification and a community experience because gamification doesn't work for everybody. And I think that a lot of people, it will definitely capture that. But if you think about like behavioral economics, everyone has like specific triggers that work for them. And so some people want to connect. Other people literally just want to be able to get on a call with you and know that like, hey, if I have a problem, I know that I can literally DM Christina and she'll get me what I need. And I didn't have that before this program, like things like that. And then others, it's they want to collect that Pokemon card kind of mentality. It's it's definitely very real. My thing for advocacy and community is I loved those pick your own adventure novels when I was little to this day sticks with me because we're all different. 
And also like every time you go into a gamified experience, you're going to have like different needs. I just want to do a couple. I only have a couple minutes, but I want to do something. Or I'm only going to do the ones that give me the most points. Or I'm only going to do the ones that are on social. Or I'm only going to do the community ones. So we all have different, even if we're going to like the same experience, we're going to do different things based on our needs and based on our motivations. And the same thing in going with the community. I might go in because I have a question. I might go in because I want to know about an event. I might go in because I just, I miss my friend and there's a friend that's in that group and we talk all the time. Like you never know. And so not everyone is going to be a community member the same way and not everyone's going to advocate the same way. And I'm very particular about making sure I don't put people in boxes and to say like, you're only an advocate if you do this. You're only in a community member if you do this because that alienates a lot of people. And you really want there to be a sense of belonging and a sense of you are welcome for who you are. And if you pigeonhole people into a specific type of behavior, you're going to lose out on a lot of opportunities that you never realized because they didn't advocate the way you thought they should advocate. Great point. Because gamification is a slippery slope when you think about Mm -hmm. the organic versus inorganic ways you can do it. Mm -hmm. You're trying to boost someone's intrinsic motivation, if you will, Mm -hmm. through these hits of dopamine, like you said. So we could do a whole... I think season just on gamification. Which you could. Have you come back, Christina. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I, I think what's really what's really cool for us is you you get the dopamine of the points and the badges, but you also get to scale up into these different groups. And in these different groups, you get different value. So it could be more access. A lot of what most people do with gamification is they tie it to swag, almost like those arcade like desks that you have when you go back and you give like a thousand tickets and you get a teddy bear. The thing about HubSpot is because we've been around for so long and because we have such a valuable fan base, they already have a lot of our swag. They have all the hoodies, they have all the mugs, they have all the things. And so what we've been really careful about is how do we give them liquidity? How do we move beyond swag? Because they are beyond swag. They've already crossed that box. That's done. What do they really need? What are their real motivators? And I'm constantly doing surveys and asking them, like, what do you want? What do you need? What would make you feel special? What would make you feel like you're a valued, appreciated member of this community? And so constantly going back and knowing that as we continue to take care of them, surprise and delight looks different because it has to grow. Like the person who was who was surprised and delighted by a mug last year, they're not going to get the same feeling when they get it again. You need to do just a little bit more. And we have such an amazing customer and partner base. What's next? Now that this was a surprise and delight, this made you feel special today. But if I do the same thing in a couple months, it's just the same thing you got before. And so that dopamine, like it drops, feels a little less special every time you replicate it. So how do we do more? How do we do better? And how do we make sure that they feel like they have a seat at the table? Yeah, I can say that. I think in everything you've talked about so far, I can see how it all ties back to this idea that the customer or the community member is at the center of everything that you do, right? That's Mm -hmm. who you're serving and that's who you want to delight. And to your point, delight doesn't look the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. And delight shouldn't be this like continuous line that never shifts or never changes. And I think that's when your goal is to put your customers first, you're putting their experience first. And and that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. So while we wrap up today, we like to, so kind of the core, the essence of what we're exploring in community sense is 
for a lot of businesses, unlike HubSpot, community is is kind of a new venture for them, right? Or, you know, everyone's always working. If I'm sure your community is not perfect, right? You're still working on developing it and scaling it and meeting the needs of your customers. So we always like to ask our guests what common misconceptions about community building are from your perspective and your thoughts on why those are misconceptions and kind of how we should think about them. I think a lot of people, I think the biggest misconception is audience versus community. A lot of brands start a community because they want to build an audience. They want to be able to basically lock their audience in a room and know that they can just speak into that void and they'll be heard. You can't do that. Another misconception is that there is one tool that works for everybody. It really doesn't. It depends so much on who you're trying to attract. Circle could be a great option. Slack could be a great option. Discord could be a great option. Facebook groups could be a great option. It really depends on who the community is for and what behaviors you want to be able to do yourself versus the members of the community. So there is no like magical platform that just like fixes it. It just, that's not what it is. It's never going to be done. Like it is a living, breathing ecosystem. It's just like you can't just like build a community and walk away and expect it to thrive. You can't plant a garden and then like leave it alone and expect it to be gorgeous. I really like to think about it as hydrangeas because they're very delicate and you have to take care of them, but you can also change the way that they look and feel by adding specific things. Like with hydrangeas, you can change the color of the hydrangeas based on the pH. So if you manipulate that, you can manipulate what you see. Same thing with a community. You have to weed it. You have to nurture it. You have to make sure it has the nutrients it needs. You have to make sure that it has everything that it needs to be able to grow and to thrive. And then if you want it to behave a certain way, then there's ways to do that. You can make it easier. If you want a support-based community, make it super obvious that that's the main action you want. That's a way to manipulate the pH. You're creating the UX in such a way that it makes people understand, oh, this is clearly what you want me to do as a primary action. So it's very much like gardening. You have to take care of it. And it's it's long-term. Community has been a buzzword for a few years, specifically last year with everything that happened to COVID. I think it's going to be very interesting when people move off because they don't get those quick wins that they wanted or they can't like weaponize the community very quickly. It's very long game. It's the definition of long game. And you're herding cats. I mean, it's you're putting all these humans together and be like, I hope you'll come and then I hope you'll do what I want you to do. And we all know that with human behavior and in marketing, like on a good day, some of them will do what you want. (laughs) On a bad day, none of them will. (laughs) So just keeping in mind that you're, you're building an ecosystem for all of these humans to come together around a commonality and affinity for a specific topic. And then you're wanting to make it very easy for them to do the behaviors they need to be successful. And hopefully those behaviors align with your goals. Wow. That was fantastic, Christina. I think you gave Carly and I two, maybe three ideas for future seasons, not just like show episodes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was awesome. That was awesome. So impressed to see what you've done at HubSpot. It's it's incredible to see the HubSpot community continue to grow. You know, I hope a a decent sized impact in it for a long time. And you definitely did. Thank you. Such a special time though. To me, it's, it is all about giving back and, Mm -hmm selflessness, I think is a really important thing when you think about community, just being super selfless and just putting others before yourself. Like one of my mantras that I live by is like, serve people first. You're kind of like last in the pecking order, if you will. And that's, I think how you have to approach most of your community building. Completely agree. Well, thank you. Carly, 
I mean, this is awesome, like I said, and we just appreciate you taking the time and I will definitely have you back on a, a future episode. Yeah, in a future I would season. love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Christina. And I just have to say your hydrangea analogy is going to stick with me for forever. That's my favorite flower. I've oh, never beautiful. <laughs> tied the connection between hydrangeas and community. And now I'm just going to be constantly thinking about nurturing that hydrangea and changing the way it looks and feels and is perceived. And so that is a, such a great takeaway. And just thank you so much for all the great, incredible insights today. Absolutely. It was wonderful chatting with you both. Great. Well, Mark, what a conversation with Christina. That was so incredibly insightful. I have HubSpot up in my browser tab. I'm going to go explore all of the community things. I think there's just so much to unpack from that, but unfortunately don't have enough time to unpack all of it. So we're going to go to the spark moment. This is the one big takeaway that both Mark and myself are going to take from this conversation. So Mark, what is your spark from our chat today with Christina? Moat. M-O-A-T, moat. Community can help you build a really defensible moat around your business. And it takes time. Carly, it takes time. So don't think this is going to happen in 12 months, two years even. It might. That's definitely, I would say, unusual. But if you look at HubSpot, 15 plus years in business, there has been a tremendous deep and wide moat built around the business because of community, because that community has so many passionate excited, motivated people in it. It helps them attract new customers, helps them retain their customers, helps their customers become more knowledgeable and smart about everything product or not product related. It helps them defend off competition, helps them differentiate in the marketplace. I mean, it is a moat, Carly. So the spark for me is once you get to an inflection point with your community, definitely don't stop because you're on your way to building a moat. I love that. That's so true. And I mean, firsthand, right? I've gone to multiple teams and invested in HubSpot and I've taken HubSpot certifications. And when I think of a CRM or a marketing tool or getting any sort of insights on marketing, HubSpot's who I think about, right? And that's because of that incredibly deep and wide moat that you talk about. So for me this week, Mark, the word that I took away from our conversation with Christina is selflessness. And I think the way Christina describes selflessness is this idea that we, the business, aren't building a community and aren't serving the community to get something out of it, right? We're going into this journey and this investment of growing our community with the sole purpose of giving back to them and being selfless in what we give to them not asking for anything in return, right? Just giving as much as we can with the idea that like this give to get motion, it happens everywhere, right? Like the more we give, the more we're going to get back from the universe. So if we build our community plan and we invest in our community in a way in which we're just truly trying to give as much as we can and selflessly give that, we'll create that moat, right? Like we will get things back from that community 
it's not going to happen overnight. It probably won't even happen in a year, right? It's going to take a lot of time to do that. But that selflessness should be at the core of why we're building a community. And I think to our, our point earlier, in common sense is in order to achieve that, we in our company, a core value needs to be this idea of customer centricity. So I think customer centricity and selflessness are, are really like closely tied together in this idea of building up a community and supporting that community and building it to a place where we have that moat and we're getting as much back from the community as we've ultimately given. The belief system is ultimately so important to actually build something remarkable when it comes to a community. So I could not agree more with your assessments and your spark of selflessness. I love it. Yeah. So folks, hope you enjoyed it. Carly, we got to remind people, if you like this episode, we'd love to have you leave a review. Mm -hmm. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, ultimately it's meta, but we want to create a community around community sense. (laughs) We do. Absolutely. And, And find us on LinkedIn, find us on social media, and we'd love to connect with everyone. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you hopefully at the next episode sometime very soon. Bye all. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Community Sense Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating or share the show with a friend. And don't forget to connect with us at communitysense.co.